ಚಿತ್ತಾಕಾಶಂ ಚಿದಾಕಾಶಂ ಆಕಾಶಂ ಚ ತೃತೀಯಕಂಭ್ಯಾಂ ಶೂನ್ಯತರಂ ವಿದ್ಯ ಚಿದಾಕಾಶಂ ವರನೇ ತ್ರೀ ಟೈಪ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಸ್ಪೇಸ್ ಫಿಸಿಕಲ್ ಸ್ಪೇಸ್ ಸೈಕಲಾಜಿಕಲ್ ಸ್ಪೇಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಇನ್ಫೈನೈಟ್ ಸ್ಪೇಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಕಾನ್ಶಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದೀಸ್ ದ ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ ಸಟಲ್ ಈಸ್ ಇನ್ಫೈನೈಟ್ ಸ್ಪೇಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಕಾನ್ಶಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಈಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಯೋಗ ವಸಿಷ್ಠ ಆಕ್ಚುಲಿ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಕಮೆಂಟೆಡ್ ಆನ್ ದಿಸ್ ವೆರಿ ನೈಸ್ ಕಮೆಂಟ್ರಿ ಇಸ್ ದೇರ್ ಇಫ್ ಯು ವಾಂಟ್ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ಗೋ ಆನ್ ರೀಡ್ ಅವರ್ ಐ ಸೆಂಡ್ ಇಟ್ ಇನ್ ದಿ ವಾಟ್ಸ್ಆಪ್ ಗ್ರೂಪ್ one thing i want to tell you about chidakash the space of consciousness to merge into it you have to leave the smaller space of mind then you can go into the larger sphere living in the space of mind and trying to know that infinite awareness of consciousness is just imagining yourself to be that otherwise you cannot because it's not possible mind cannot do that you have to leave mind you have to go into witness you have to be sakshi just as an uninvolved observer not just by saying these words or sitting in silence and seeing things around you and keep thinking about them that is not going outside the sphere of mind to go outside the sphere of mind it doesn't even mean that all the thoughts should be gone your relationship with the thoughts have to go that is what it means because it is a relationship which we are carrying as a bondage with our mind and this relationship is not from the side of mind it is our relationship with mind because all the time we think we are the mind this ego sense is only the thinking that we are the mind and how do you give up this relationship a constantly looking into what is true and not getting involved in what is not true the one who is always involved in mind for him mind is the only truth isn't it how can that person be told that look into reality how that person can see reality if we see non duality talks from mind staying as mind it all looks wrong teaching or something unachievable or absurd even to have some understanding of non duality talks there have to be some wisdom already in the seeker which can make him understand the truth you cannot understand the truth intellectually even if you understand it will not stay with you truth and teaching should transform you even a little bit but at some level some stage it makes you change if there is no change happening i would say you should leave that teaching immediately because there is no pointing wasting your time 
time is so precious to get out of this dreaming of sansara. You know, if you see in Bhagavad Gita, if you go deeper into, you read a shloka, you can read 10 times, you will not get the meaning, the right meaning. The right meaning comes from that grace. You know, it talks about that people are involved in two things, dream and sleep. If you read as a, as a normal person, you will think it is saying that people are stuck up in two things, dreaming at night and then sleep at night. And so you might think it is talking about that we should be spending more time as awakened in waking state. When it says dream, it talks about your waking state also. It says you are in two types of dream. One dream is in waking dream, the sansara, what you see around. And the second dream is the dream which you see with eyes closed when this body is lying flat in the bed and then your mind takes another form and makes you a sleeping dream. So there are two dreams. So all humanity lives only in two states. This dream, waking dream and sleep dream and the second is sleep. Deep sleep in which there is no dream and that in which there is nothing happening, no dream is happening, no waking dream, no sleep dream. That is more close to reality than this. Do you know why? Because right now what you see, it is the disruption of reality, distorted distorted impression of what is going around and in dream again it is a distorted impression but in sleep there is no impression but then there is no reality also so at least it is one step closer to what we are but the problem is that in that deep sleep that anandmaya kosha is still a covering between reality and us and in deep sleep you cannot break it. That work can only be done in this waking dream only. The faculty of intellect which is needed to discriminate for discernment is only in this waking dream state. If we use it now and pay attention to awareness only, we can make a hole in this illusion. We can get to the other side and the moment you be in other side, this illusion is no more an illusion. Because you know the truth. You have gone behind the stage, you know what is it. How much grace is needed for a seeker who is still in this illusory world and still believes in the truth that this is illusion and the truth is somewhere else, though that person doesn't know right now, how much faith, how much grace is needed. Because the moment you agree, you start working on it. And the moment you start working on it, no, you know the truth, you know reality.
someone can argue that i am so happy in this world i don't want to know reality and that is okay that is what the maya is all about if you are happy or even you are unhappy but you want to stay like this that's okay it will continue indefinitely no one is in rush to tell you the truth even if you read any sacred text it always mentions that this is a secret they are not just trying to say secret because they don't want that you should tell to others who are not interested otherwise you will be abused by them and they will think you have some neurotic illness or you are not right you know when there are more mad people in the world and maybe one sane then that person who is sane will be considered mad so better to if you want to know you know it so it's not that you don't want to tell others everyone can know it is all open you google it and you can find all the information is there but somehow that grace only allows some to know and others not to know paying attention to awareness as awareness not mixing with intellect with your thoughts with your emotions with your doings nothing just awareness not even looking for bliss out of that awareness not wanting anything no desire except to stay as awareness stay in that emptiness stay in nothing no focal point by which you can identify yourself let others identify you in any way brother sister manager employer doctor engineer cleaner whatever it is but your task is not to get identified by any attributes of this body form or the story in your mind about this body when you are free then only your whole attention can be on that awareness and when you are completely aware of awareness then you are free from all attributes and everything you come to that undifferentiated nature of your own which you can proclaim which you can say even if you don't say you know it is the end game of all illusion there is nothing beyond it some religion some sect some people believe in this loka or heaven or hell and going there and then the next step and because their belief in that they continue with their own journeys all if you talk from reality all illusory but real for them like this word is real for almost everyone same those different words are also real for them who believe in them and want to go them go there and they do their whole practice to go there only some are living in hell here but want to go to heaven i don't know how come some have created hell for others here and themselves they want heaven i don't know how it will happen to break this curse on us this sharp you have to take only one help help of silence take silence as that absolute and that silence is within us so whenever anything irritates understand you're going away from god and absolute 
anything which irritates us is taking us away. And if you think others are making you irritable, then you can also think that those others are sent by that absolute to test you, whether you are solid or you are so weak that you can get swayed in your emotions and ups, get upset, you know. And I'll tell you, it is just the state of mind. I was talking to a lady who is an artist, well accomplished artist. But she said in last few years of her life, she is so irritable about everything. Everything annoys her. And the simple reason I found was because she is an artist. She wanted to do an art, but she has got a tremor in the hands, so she can't do that. Because the thing which she has intensely desires, there is an obstacle to it. And because of that, everything else she is annoyed of. Look, but it was, it is not a big demand for an artist to be an artist, but understand that, that not accepting whatever the problem is and still that intense desire to do something which is not possible has created such a disturbed mind. That is why they say even one single desire is poison. It will destroy you, it will finish you. It will keep your ego intact, even one single desire. And we are full of thousands of desires, then how would we know the Absolute? To know Absolute, only desire should be Absolute. And again, that should also not be a desire. When we are empty, then only we can fill up our cup with grace, with bliss. Pay attention to the awareness. That essence in us which is watching the whole show unfolding, unfolding in front of the eyes, unfolding in mind, and also the entity which thinks I am this body-mind. Go so deep that you can watch even that entity, which claims for all good and bad, which spares no efforts to tell others how good I am, or how bad others are, and how much hard work I have done in my life, but I get so little. And I am the honest, most honest person and others cheat me. Go to that awareness from where you can watch this person who plays all tricks, who thinks he is very smart, but he is the biggest fool. Because of this smartness, he is away from Absolute. If, when you know this truth, that person who just drops, because it is so fake that you also dislike it, In egoistic mode, we always try to preserve that person from others, pamper it, and we lie others about our abilities and things. You know, have you seen Buddha's statue? Buddha never looked like that. This is all imagination of egoistic students of Buddha. Buddha was very clear. He said, nobody should make my picture or a statue. Otherwise, you will not get the knowledge which I want to impart to you. So they created some symbols, stupas, 
and his students were the most obedient students. They didn't make any statue or picture for more than 500 years after he left the body, which is a big time for 500 years. Nothing was made. And then suddenly this statue started appearing <laughs> with all those rounded hair and with big long ear. I don't know who made this first one. If Buddha would have known who did it, he would have punished that person. And now it is everywhere. People put that Buddha's statue in their garden and then they all have a glass of wine and they enjoy a party. And only Buddha is meditating in the statue and all they are enjoying in indulgence. You go to any person's house, whatever religion or atheist or whatever, Buddha will be sitting in their garden. If you are rich, it is a bigger statue. If you are not that rich, it is a plastic one made in China. Otherwise, it is a brass one or a marble. But Buddha in every garden doing meditation for you. And that Buddha never wanted that statue because of this reason. Now you have given job to that statue to meditate and you are free. You can do what you want to do. This is the problem with symbols. Buddha's teaching is to know yourself. Purest of pure teaching. He only did self-inquiry, what Bhagwan Ramana Maharishi is saying. That's all he did. He did self-inquiry. Sitting under a Bodh, Bodhi tree, just that, nothing else. And he found it. You also sit and you will find the same. But no one else can do it for you. You have to do it. You have to Awaken your own Buddha within you. Buddha means only awakened. That's all Buddha means. Buddha is not a name. His name was Gautam. And he also went to pilgrimage and teachers and gurus of his time and he did yoga, he did everything. And finally he thought he has to practice. And he sat, he did his practice and he found it. Self-inquiry is nothing but knowing the self within and discarding whatever is not self. There are different types of people in this world. Some people love entertainment, sensory indulgence, they live from party to party. Then there are some who do it in mediocrity. They do some, they do some love something, some love game, watching, playing, or everyone has hobbies and interest. All our interest and hobbies keeps us away from that knowledge. Because we are, our mind is occupied in some external activity all the time. With passion, with interest. That is why they say to know the self. Action is not a problem. If that action is done as a disinterested action. Disinterested doesn't mean that you are... Complaining, it is not complaining, it is udasin bhav, it is like neutral state. No likes, no dislikes. Whatever needs to be done, it needs to be done. Understand, we try to choose things which we love to do. We want to party on weekends and as soon as it's Sunday night, you're not happy that it is Sunday night, Monday we have to go to work because we don't like work. 
So we are trying to choose something which we like. We are not in disinterested in party and at work. We are not in equanimity. If we, you stay, keep staying in equanimity, whatever work or entertainment or family or a stranger or insult or praise, you can only stay like that when your attention is on the awareness, not on your thoughts, not on your emotions, not on your mind. Then you start knowing truth. Then you are making a hole in this maya. Now you know that bliss. Soon you start disappearing in your own identity. As if everything is evaporated. It is a big shift, it is a major shift. From body you become bodiless. From fear of death you become fearless, eternal. From the one who always thinks I am mind and going on a roller coaster ride with ups and downs of emotion is always in peace. It's not that you have fixed your mind so you are in peace or you had a pill. It is a different, it, this fragrance is not from this word, not from this mind. It is when you transcend mind, you touch that in finite awareness. Even you cannot describe because for description you need to know those words and sentences which the mind knows. Even Satchitanand, these three words also don't describe the whole of it. One thing is knowing this, everyone is in bliss, as if you are drugged. So that's why bliss is important. Ananda. It is awareness, it is alive, it is not something that you don't know. You know you are that. So it is chit, consciousness, existence. And sat means it is truth, it is reality. Because now it doesn't go away, it is there. Mind goes away all the time. It changes all the time. Sometimes it gives you happiness, sometimes sadness. But somehow your eyes have moved into awareness and it's always seeing that. But mind has no power on it, you know. You have escaped out of its clutches. You can still use it if you want to. You can think about a topic, you can do calculation. It's not like it's a vestigial organ. You can still use it. But it is in dormant. It is not overpowering you like you have come out of it. And simple thing which can make you out of it is paying attention to awareness. Simple pure awareness. Naturally, some people are in awareness more than others. Maya, you want to ask something? Hello, Sanjay. Hello, hello. At this moment, I'm very aware of listening to the satsang and your voice. But I don't see the awareness. I don't know where my awareness is. I don't realize that awareness, but I am fully present now. 
that's awareness fully present in the moment is being with awareness fully present is that whether it's an activity happening fully aware fully awake fully present not like listening to something else or you know it shows with people's gestures and what they are doing you know when you are fully present you are so present that even the body doesn't move when we are fully present in something we are always there when we are half present then there is a fidgetiness and we are thinking about something or we get up and the body is a bit restless that shows how much we are there and obviously mind takes over some thoughts might take you somewhere else you are listening to me but you might be somewhere else so fully present yeah in moment in the activity so after listening to satsang if you start washing dishes then be in that fully present wash them with love with respect like that act should be something which you are enjoying fully present is is awakening but stay fully present in every act no act is good or bad or small great or of a lower nature everything is so awareness is like sunshine it cannot differentiate it has no tool actually i'll tell you it has less tool or no tool as compared to a person person has lot of tools person has conditioned mind which can compare things and can decide whether i should give importance to this person or not should i talk to this person or not should i accept this or not it has lot of things and uh, awareness is like sunshine equally shining on dirt and uh, gold and everything no difference you become undifferentiated this is a movement from person to pure presence godliness divinity let's say that godliness in us comes out then if it is doing the petty things like person then what is the difference what is the point of getting that energy if it is also like that you know the people who are rich he's after that and poor people who are poor or whatever i'm just giving you an example of whatever or cake is served it is taking the biggest share and then not giving to others like all those egoistic selfish attitudes if god is like that it could be playful look i'm not saying there's nothing wrong if let's say you like to have two mangoes and you love mango and you can say look i want to have like a child but i'm just saying that not a selfish intention like actions could be like that sometimes we can behave like a child but not nothing no selfishness more like a child more innocent that is what that godliness is in all of us more we practice to be that you don't have to change your nature or your intentions or your thoughts it is some it has its own i don't want to use the term attributes but it has its own nature that godly nature which takes over everything it will take over your conditioning it will it will just take it over so the biggest problem occurs even in that for not for you for others because you are no more personal in your approach about things with your relatives or with your friends and you know because everyone becomes a family then because awareness is everything no one is without awareness when i'm talking to someone 
and I'm and I'm trying to be aware, I feel as if I'm staring at them too much. Okay, stare, don't worry. <laughs> like I'm really staring at you. And so and they complain? They complain to you? Somebody says, why are you staring at me? I said, I'm trying to be in the moment, just completely. Okay, just say sorry and keep staring. If a staring look keeps you in awareness, then there's no harm, you know. Yeah. But actually the staring happens within. These eyes rolls within. If you, if someone wants to, I don't know, some people are very researchers, you know, they want to see what are the changes in body and form in this awareness. I would say the eyes start, eyes roll upward wherever your eyes were before. They roll upward. They, it, it has a different traction because of that, the way that energy flows. Because it is all a game of energy. It, energy has moved inward rather than outward, you know. And we are that energy only, nothing else. You call it Brahman, it is energy, it is pure energy. Everything is coming out from that pure energy. And we are that energy. We are that energy without any limbs. Everything is our limb, our projection. But um, you become part of that energy, you are already part of your energy. But because we always live within domain of mind, that's why we don't feel it. But once you feel it, you feel it all, all over, everywhere. Everything becomes sacred. Everything you respect. And nothing to reject also. Sanjay, just one question. How does a jani like you sees people like us who are in the egoic domain? I think Do you think like, what's wrong with you? I think you're joking. That's the way I take. I'm, I'm pretty sure you know, but you are just making a joke with me. That's the way I think. Because there's nothing. There's nothing even to prove it, you know. I, I think you are just uh, playing a game with me. You can leave it, it's nothing to hold anything, but you are just holding just to show me that you are still holding and you are still listening to me. Because uh, you open your fist, there's nothing there to hold. There's nothing there. Ego is something, our own imagination that I have a life, I have a wife, I have this, I have that, I want this, I don't want this. All what mind has told you, you have called it your life. And I have rejected all of that. That is the difference. One day you will reject if you feel like rejecting, but if you don't want to reject, it's okay. But we are always same. Only difference is, at this moment, you are holding it and I am not holding. But you also have all those things and I also have those things. As if you are calling everything as yours in your mind and I am saying I am nothing. But I am not giving up anything and you are not rejecting anything or giving up. It's the same, but it's just between your head. I believe satsang is to demystify it and just drop what it is not and be in that pure holy state of your own. Don't borrow any happiness from outside, no need. Nobody can give you happiness. How anything can give you happiness if they don't know themselves what is happiness is. 
one can give you what they have, isn't it? <laughs> if they don't have that, that is the problem. You know, people are so unhappy. They have one relationship. They break relationship because they were unhappy. And they go for second and third. And I know they never get happiness. Because the problem is they are that unhappy person. Actually, they are spreading this disease of unhappiness in different relationships. You have to be happy. And when we are happy, the happiness flows abundantly. And it is just giving up this idea of that I am different from that. I'll tell you the moment you drop the idea of an individual, truth comes to you in front of you all the time. Sometimes it's so transparent, so clear that you know everything in and out about everything. But you still keep that play the way that ego in front of you wants to play. You leave it. Just like a child says, Santa Claus will bring a Christmas present. And you don't say, oh, there's nothing like Santa Claus. You are stupid. You don't say, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa Claus. And you, you play with that, that game. Because that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So even when you know you don't go out and you start screaming, this is illusion, this is this, then that means you are mad. Why would you do that? Let that illusion, if people are happy, let it be. Why you want to break others' dream if they are having a nice dream? Let them continue with dream. What is wrong? That absolute will take care. When they want to come out, the absolute, that absolute will pull them out. You and me are no one to, we are not given any task. Some people talk like this, you know, I am, God has given me tasks to reform others. Who are you? Who are the middlemen? No middleman is needed. There is no middleman between you and God. Only you are that middleman, self-sabotaging your own realization. No one apart from you. If you want to continue in this illusion, you continue. If you want to get out of, you can get out. And uh, this stage in which being a seeker you want to get, but still there is one step is there and one step is here. It is just a stage you are in right now. If you ask me, my intention is you, your both steps should be out of it, you know, from Maya. You have to leave Maya, leave your name. You have a beautiful name actually. Your name is the only real name, though it is Maya. Because everyone's name is only Maya. Whatever our name is, it is only part of Maya. It is not real. But in this name, in this form, the essence is real. So when we say, leave your name and form and abide in yourself, I don't know what you want to call that thing, what is real. You can call it self, Brahman, God, heart. Actually, it has no name as such. It is energy, pure energy. This pure energy comes to you when you leave mind energy. Because let's analyze our own life. All life, whatever we have done, we have done what the mind is saying. Our thoughts have made this life, isn't it? And if I tell you, you give up this relationship, it becomes difficult for people, you know, because they have put everything on it.
Mr. Satish Krishnan, you want to ask something? Thank you, Sanjay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I've been with the satsang for the last six months. Um, I can feel the awareness. I can feel the energy field. But I have a question about the shift. When I am in that uh, nothing space, sometimes there is a deep pull in the back of the head, head and then in the neck. I just want to ask about that. Is that is that a natural kind mm. of a pull happens with that energy field shift? Yeah, it's a good question. Very important question. Look, I, I wanted to touch base uh, sometime this topic, but um, there was no more questions. I have answered people one to one. There can be a lot of changes in the body, a lot of changes. Some people start getting severe headaches. Some feel there's a vibration in the spinal cord. Some feel vibrations uh, in the neck area, like a pulsations or energy, or it could be an ache or it could be heaviness. And, and sometimes uh, people's waking cycle changes, their eating habits changes, some foods which they used to love, they can't tolerate. And, um, and apart from the changes in the body and mind and uh, sensations in the body, there can also be changes around you. Some people just leave you or you don't want to interact in something. I had an email today which I'm going to speak to this person from Russia who is living in India for last uh, some years and he was saying that he feels and a lot of people have thought he's depressed. He thinks that the only thing is I'm not interested to talk to anyone, you know, and uh, anything can happen. So these changings, yes, definitely, especially the neck area and the spinal and the head can because this is a shift in energy. You know, you might have heard Kundalini, which is, um, which is a very preliminary step before this whole change takes place. Because these nadis, you know, the normally the energy flows in ira and pingla, right and left energy channels. But when people do yoga or even when you contemplate, that energy starts flowing in Sushumna, the central canal. That opens up the channels and that creates a lot of new changes. And even some people start getting experiences, satori and seeing things and, you know, so many things happens. Out of body experiences can happen. And the travel in astral space can happen. I, I don't want to because then people start, might feel, you know, oh, what is this all talking about? And a lot of people believe if things are non-scientific, they are not true. So... Yeah, but these changes, what you are saying, definitely can be related to that. But uh, if you are worried, better to get some scans, get some tests, make sure there's nothing else, you know. But it is not unusual to have. No, there is. Uh, I'm a pediatrician, I'm a doctor myself, so I oh, can, yeah. these are all involuntary and I can... I can feel that nothing is affecting inside. Everything is calm. Whatever the changes is happening, yeah, that space is not touched by the by the changes. Mm. But because this is new, I thought I would check with you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that is very right, Satish. And uh, some people start getting very spasm in their spinal cord and their vertebral column, and the and the whole thing becomes very sometimes stiff. Sitting people go into samadhi. Yeah. You know, if you even uh, try to see Bhagwan's life, look, I'm no one to comment on Bhagwan, you know, I'm nothing in front of Bhagwan, but still, I just my observation, I can tell you. When he moved from um, his home in Madurai and he came to uh, Tirunamalai, he was living in temples and caves. For initial so many years, he was not talking, he was in deep samadhi. And, uh, and, uh, that was, must be that even <coughs> getting before Sahaj Samadhi, he was, he was with the eyes closed and completely absorbed in, into it. So in a way, though he was realized from that moment of death experience, but those changes were occurring in him.
and then gradually he became very natural in his day-to-day -day activities with because it came with, with a full force to him while um, most of the people who get on self-inquiry method it is by slow he, he didn't do any self-inquiry it just happened and so he was deeply forced or pulled into that you know samadhi state all the time and then uh, that sahaj samadhi started um, took many years in his case he was so deeply pulled within and i think this is a grace of god that he stayed alive to give that teaching to us otherwise you know if nobody would have cared at that moment or whatever he would have just disappeared in a way because um, he had no interest in eating drinking doing anything or you know so most important thing is we should trust that energy that whatever it will do on body i accept with folded hands or with this life because that is what the surrender is rather than um thinking as something this should not happen or this that is means that we are still keeping our ego alive though the energy starts flowing then that energy will not take over the whatever shape it has to take whatever it has to do let's say it wants to blast this body and and get everywhere whatever when we surrender to that energy then there is no ego there is nothing else which has its own intention about even this body it has no intention about the living of body or body going or body healthy or body disease that is why when bhagwan had um, cancer of uh, in his hand that sarcoma uh, he said oh he, people said why don't you pray and you get uh, get some fixed or whatever like we come to you and we get cured and there is not one incident there are so many miracles like people got cured completely by bhagwan's darshan or vibhuti sent to them to their hometown but bhagwan said where would i go whom should i ask there is no one this shows the internal there is no ego there is only brahman brahman will ask whom buck stops there whatever it is it is no person who wants something for this body so deep are bhagwan's words if you see each and everything bhagwan uttered takes you to the source so complete acceptance whatever happening to the body just happening good or bad when i am now nobody then nobody can't ask for anything to be fixed or not fixed they say even there though bhagwan we say bhagwan has cured thousands of people but he is he has no intention to cure himself actually i have to say he has no intention even to cure others because he is that awareness he is shining equally on everyone his grace is on equally on everyone but the thing is those people come to him with that intention strong desire to get fulfilled and it gets fulfilled because they are coming to that energy with that intention so whatever their intention that intention comes to that energy and it gets fulfilled so that energy from which it is getting fulfilled that energy cannot say that i have done this for them no it is just that absolute there is no individual person who is doing anything bhagwan used to be seen in people's dream in so many places or even re in reality people have seen him when he was not there when when he was in trinamale he never left but he never said to anyone that even though he knew because it's just a play of energy with the other person's intention also staying in the desireless state of brahman 
itself makes our personal intentions disappear. And trusting that energy, whatever happens to the body or sensations or something, I am not bothered. You know, Krishna Murti, he used to get very severe migraine attacks. And um, yeah, things can happen to people. Swami Vivekananda had a lot of ailments and he died very young age also. So body to carry that energy for that long can be sometimes difficult for that body. Because it is sudden energy of getting out of this cycle. Sometimes our slow unfoldment is um, plays less less taxing on body, I believe. I'll give you another clue about some people and not some people, a lot of people who are on their peak of sadhana. They start noticing when they get deeper into it. Some they get a flash, lightning, some sensations in the middle of their eyebrows or in their neck or in their heart. They have that sphurna or something which makes them deep into samadhi. And um, there is like if you ask them, they will tell you that this is something, this happens and then I am just get into it. You know, And that's why I don't want to talk because it can be different in different people. Depends in so many things. And then they get so deep into it. They have no clue if they can stay in that for hours and hours. But Bhagwan used to shake people when they close their eyes because he wants them to get into natural, sad samadhi, not just those blissful um, uh, events in which you are just absorbed because that can be very addictive, you know. But, uh, but I believe even if you go into those samadhi states, eventually then it becomes sahaj, naturally, gradually. It just takes over. So many things can happen if you understand. So many things can happen like you can see other beings, other you know very pure souls. You can, some people can see, some people even can talk, some people even uh, sometimes they they leave body and they go into the other astral planes and they travel. But it is, we should not in, have any intention to get into anything, but sometimes things just happens. And uh, even if that happens, you can discuss with someone who can understand, but, but it's always important not to tell normal beings around us, family or someone, because first thing they will not understand, second is they can take, you are getting now, you are a nutcase now, maybe something needs to be done to fix you. So it's it's better to discuss with someone who can understand, but uh, better not to, and definitely not to talk, to boast about these things, because um, yeah, as you know, there's no point in talking about that. Even Bhagwan used to downplay. Like Kavya Kanta Ganpati Muni when he said that I was wanting water and then Bhagwan came in that temple and and he said, yeah, you came there. He said, yeah, I remember faintly. I probably I might have come. He said, how you came? And Bhagwan didn't answer. And then he, 
So Only thing I would say is beyond mind, there is more infinite energy play outside the domain of mind. Mind has its own power and mind has its own restriction. But beyond mind, there are no restrictions. But the thing is that that awareness is not showing anything, has no interest in showing anything. So, the no play, it does not play like the mind plays, you know. So, all the Siddhis people acquire at the level of mind and sometimes they, they can be show off, but there will be no knowledge of Absolute. Siddhis doesn't mean you know the Absolute, you have finished your story. Understand if anything we have to show to others, then ego is the best source to show things. Why awareness will show? Awareness has come as ego to make this show word. So aware, ego, ego's job is to show. But if you want to get into that egoless mode, then there is no show left. What show? To whom? When we try to prove ourselves, that means we think there is someone else apart from us. But if we are everything, then whom to show what? These pointers are intricate, but they are very important to get to the bottom of truth. Otherwise, um, even a small thing can keep you away from it. It is so close that it is you and so far that after even millions of births we can't know it, though it travels with us all the time as us. But we have no clue because it is behind us and we are facing forward, always looking using these organs of sense, sensations and mind and the moment we start looking within, using, bringing all this energy, surrendering to that Absolute. And Absolute knows that our surrender is complete or not. Because you cannot hide from Absolute, you can hide from whole world, you can play tricks, but Absolute knows. Absolute knows your honesty. When you are honest and you only want to know Absolute, Absolute will reveal you in full glory. I'll tell you the system of God is perfect, flawless. Human systems always have flaw because it has come out of secondary, though it is coming from the God also, but there is ego tint in it. But the absolute, you cannot blame absolute, you cannot complain that I have no realization in spite of this and that. He knows. And you also know if you sit in your own solitude, you know what is the thing which you need to sort out. And if you sort out humbly and dedicate your life to that Absolute, it will help you to sort it out.
if you have decided to give your life to that then that also will make sure that you know that there is no doubt about it if god also plays games then what is the point in knowing that god better to know, don't know that god and stay with your ego i think people are saying thank you to me that means we should stop now okay yeah, i think it's time om shanti 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 thank you thank you thank you